0: This is episode number 203 with Dmitry Dragolev of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. now. Now, 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Arianna Huffington, Goat, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. What's going on fellow founders, Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine and also the host of the Founder Podcast. I'm coming to you live from hometown, homegrown Melbourne, Australia. Hope you're having an awesome day wherever you are around the world. I just wanted to say just thank you so much for taking the time, following this podcast and sharing your earbuds with me. What's been happening in my world, things are really heating up. Uh, we just uh, we are doing so much at founder right now. It's crazy, but I I just want to share something with you guys. Something that I'm learning because um, for those of you that have been you know following the founder journey along and listening with me, I do like to reflect sometimes on this podcast and use it as a way of to document. Um, so a few things are happening. Well, a lot is happening, but uh, one thing I want to share with you guys is that I cannot stress enough. When you're trying to build your business, how important it is to build an A-player team. Now, I know that that goes without saying, but if you place extreme emphasis on really strategically trying to hire the best people you can find, it will pay its weight in gold in returns for you. Like the team that we're building at Founder and the current team we have and you know we're hiring at the moment... Like, it is insane, some of the stuff that we're putting out there. And believe it or not, guys, it's not me (laughs) that is uh, coming up with all these ideas and doing all the work. It's our team. And um, oh, I just, I'm just so pumped. And uh, we're launching our YouTube channel uh, in a, well, starting in like the next month. I'm so pumped. We are going to crush it with content, video side. We're going to have a you know, weekly vlog. You guys going to really start to see behind the scenes of what's happening. We've got 12 courses in the pipeline for you guys. We're releasing the first one next week. Make sure you sign up if you are interested on starting a consulting business, starting an agency-based business. Uh, perhaps you want to become a freelancer using the skills that you already have You've got to sign up to this course. It's taught by Sabri Subi. We interviewed him for episode number 201. If you haven't heard that interview, make sure you go back. He's an absolute master. He's built one of the fastest growing agencies here in Australia. Extremely smart guy. Tons to learn. Anyways, you can just go to founder, F O U N D R.com forward slash consulting if you want to find out more and get on the wait list. Um, We're opening up, you know, usually how we do it, just beta testers only. Um, kind of like an early bird special for beta testers only, and uh, then when we re-release it, the course will be probably double, if not triple, the price, just because we've invested you know so much time into this course. It is going to be life changing. Anyways, enough about me. Let's talk about today's guest. His name's Dmitri Dragalev, and me and Dmitri connected a while back. Insanely smart guy. Uh, he we talk about his journey as a founder. And some of the things he's done as a growth hacker, especially around the PR space and the SEO space, uh, if you want to know how to use PR effectively, SEO effectively, you know, growing your company using these tools, um, and these tools aren't going anywhere, SEO or, or PR, then you're in for a treat. He's a really, really smart guy. I really enjoy this conversation. This is a really raw and and just you know what's working now kind of kind of episode. So, guys, you're gonna love this one. All right, that's it from me. Hope you have a fantastic day. Now let's jump into the show. The first question I ask everyone that comes on is, "How did you get your job?" Uh, current job or this current,
1: what yeah. I'm doing now, or yeah, yeah, what uh, you do?
0: Well, how did you find yourself ended up uh, doing the work you're doing today?
1: I just kind of was really bored and unhappy at my current job, working for a giant company, and so. I just literally quit one day because I was like, I don't want to be like all these older guys who I work with and sold everything I had and drove to California, to Silicon Valley because I was, I was reading this magazine and in this magazine, there were these companies, they're young guys, fresh out of college, not even going to college, raising money building companies and I wanted to do what they were doing, but I didn't know anything besides how to write code. And I was fresh out of college and I didn't, I didn't know how to speak to people, how to build relationships. I was an introvert and, and yeah, I just wanted to be there. I I thought maybe I could like figure out how to build businesses, but yeah I didn't know anything about it at all i just i just picked up and and left and yeah that was the the decision that kind of led me to the job I have now all these years later
0: mm, so um you know uh one of your your notable achievements that you've mentioned is you worked at crossloop dot com was that was that in when you moved to california oh sorry yeah, into, that yeah. Was-
1: that was actually yeah very shortly after I moved to California I started working there.
0: Yeah and um used PR to PR outreach to grow the start from 0 to 5 million users and then it was eventually acquired by AVG. Yes. And then um then then you went on to move on and you worked at um zerb.com as the only marketer where you once again used PR outreach and content marketing to grow their daily traffic on site by 10x. Um, and really boost up their domain authority massively. Um, and then you've gone on to another company, uh, Polab, as their only marketer, use PR outreach again uh, to grow the start from zero to 40 million page views. And you were acquired by Google in, in uh, 2014. And then you've gone on uh, to build your own uh, SaaS product called justreachout.io. So I really want to delve deep with you around PR. And how you've used it and, and content marketing and, and how you've used it strategically to build and grow startups um, in, in a very, very big way. Because those, those are some pretty impressive feats, man.
1: Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, over the years, found out that getting press mentions here and there and Getting some PR firm to do some work for you here and there just wasn't moving the needle that much at, at little companies I was working at. We were trying to grow 50% month over month, 20% over month over month, and our investors were pushing us, and we were paying these these PR firms you know, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, and it was cool to be in Fast Company, it was nice to be in Inc. Magazine, but we were not moving ahead like our our numbers were not growing exponentially and I finally found out that you know maybe there needed to be more of a strategy behind all these links because all these mentions all these little articles that came out about us it was kind of shot up shot down we got like a big spike of traffic up and then right back down and I was like how can I just keep getting more traffic with those links, how can I arrange it that way? And I started with kind of thinking about SEO very early on in the career. I, because my, my development background, I was thinking, how does, you know, Google has been changing a lot. How does YouTube and Google really rank uh, content? And so I was running all sorts of different experiments where I would one thing I would do is I would write a blog post, and then only do PR and kind of mentions and reaching out around this one blog post. So I wouldn't even talk about my product. I wouldn't talk about anything else around the brand, around the company, and anything else. I would just only focus on that one top, on that one blog post, and I would try to do PR for that blog post, that content, that piece of content. That's not selling anything. It's not a product. Nobody buys anything on it. They just read it and they enjoy it. And so I would eventually. What 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 I saw happening is that if I guessed right for other publications, and I got other journalists and bloggers mentioning this article, and I have people on Quora mentioning it, and on Twitter and on Facebook and on LinkedIn, this article starts to rank and it starts to rank higher and higher and higher and higher, and then eventually this article is sitting on my blog and is ranking at number two or number one for the key term that I want to rank for. And then I can say, all right, well, if this article is ranking really high, I can put calls to action on it to get people to purchase something or sign up for an email list or do something afterwards. And so I was thinking, all right, so if I could do this with one article, maybe I could do it with more articles, but I need to be strategic because I don't want to just rank for random things that I think are loosely associated with what I do. I want to rank with an intent search that will convert to a paying customer on my end. So, you know, the definitive guide to pitching journalists or something like that, or how to pitch journalists would convert Great to a uh, paying customer for my coaching program or my software. So I would write something like that on, you know, for my business now. But for other companies, you'd always want to think, what are the real, like, really pressing like things that are annoying people, and they are searching for them on Google, and Google is really underserving in terms of content that's showing up on first page. And so I married like SEO, this kind of approach, like strategic approach with content, uh, with PR, really. And that's where I saw um, growth that was sustainable. So no more spike up, spike down, spike up, spike down. It's Your content is moving up the rankings. And as it's moving up the rankings, you're gaining more and more traffic every single day. Mm. And so that change really just you know it inspired me to experiment more with it and do more with videos and things like that and i ended up you know using this content pr approach kind of thing to grow a lot of the companies i worked at and my own as well
0: like man it it, it might this might sound like a kind of a weird question but i you, like you must have been like getting other people to write content and you must- you must have like a like a like a pretty strong powerhouse behind you to not just you writing right
1: yeah yeah no i totally i so I was not great at writing when I was first starting out um in the last ten years, I've published over fourteen hundred articles, and on my site I'm coming yeah. like you can go and check it out it's like I bookmarked all of them fourteen hundred articles over ten years. And I've probably employed close to like 30 different writers during those t- <laughs> turn those 10 years last 10 years. I publish from major all all publications, most major publications at this point. But um, yeah, I have this process of now. I mean, I work I work with six different writers who I employ now. But what I do is I outline the top the article, and they kind of know my style, my writing style, and they just. They fill in the actual article. I give them feedback, and then it goes to publish. But I think once um, starting out, I was really spending a lot of time on on writing and sending it to people for feedback and trying to put together um, it, just the first blog post or second one. Because I was, I always struggle with you know when when I want to rank number one for something, I always want the topic the the and the article as well to be the best article out there for this key term, and so I have to look on Google on the first page of Google and really see what is ranking there, and is this term really being underserved by the content there? I have to find one that's being underserved, and then I write down what are the points that I think are important that are not included in these articles on first page of Google, and that is really where i start my kind of writing from i end up thinking all right they're not talking about building relationships with press they're not talking about this type of seo strategy about pr they're just talking about pitching press and i want to write an article that's the definitive guide to pitching press and that guide is going to include this seo strategy that i talked about now also is going to include the biggest you know set of templates that people can use to pitch journalists it's going to include all these things. And so I write down my competitive advantage, basically. I look at it as a product, really. My piece of content is going to outrank others. And, um, and yeah, I employ writers and editors to help with the process and making it the best it can be. And there's also like the user experience of the reader, too. And that's the user experience of the whole text, really. When does it get boring in the article? When does it get dull? When do people glaze over and scroll over it? Where do I lose them? Where do they start scrolling faster? And then they just kind of hit the X button. And that's where I'm like, all right, where can I add a video? Where can I add a little like diagram? Maybe here I'll break it down into bullets. Maybe here I'll put a quote. And I want people to continuously be scrolling. Like The dwell time on my site, I want to be as low as possible. I just redesigned my site, and I put a clickable table of contents on the right-hand side. So when people are reading my blog posts, they can jump around by just in, exposing that table of contents and then just click over to the next section, and the section after next, if they don't want to read it. It allows them to easily skip over sections, and they see the subheadlines really easily, and that has improved my dwell time by an average minute and a half on all my blog posts which, um, again, helps rankings and stuff. But I really think about the user experience of the reader as they read it and all these different minute details to make the content the best it can be um, on my blog. Because that's how, I mean, I get all my customers this way through the blog. So And I only have 20, (laughs) 20 articles on my blog that bring most of the content. So all those 1,400 articles or whatever I've written, they've all somehow backlink to my blog or, um, my service, my, my software, you know?
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause man, what you're sharing, like these tactics or, or this strategy five years from now, that's like, it's still going to be golden. Like, like when it comes to producing great content you always want to make sure you have the best content you always want people to just give people an amazing experience that's not going to change like that's like that strategy that you were using you know five years ago or even 10 years ago doesn't has hasn't changed so what i really want to find what i really want to find out for our audience as well is when it comes to pr um like like you said like you know because you've used pr you know strategically in all of these companies you've grown and including your own when it comes to pr like you said like just a, just pitching and getting a spike in traffic doesn't really do much yes you get the link but is there more to it than that like uh, are you looking for controversial articles uh, or controversial things and and like you know Ryan Holiday style making it go viral to to you know like what what is the strategy man
1: yeah. So um, there's really the first thing I always say is what is the goal of the customer or the client or the company in terms of using PR? Are they looking for short-term gains and in installs of their app? Do they want more email subscribers? Is it traffic? Is it just brand recognition? There's different goals. So I would, you know, custom tailor a strategy to each of the clients. But in short, I would say the, the approach should be to think of what you would want where you want to be in a month, where you want to be in five months, where you want to be in a year, and then come up with a content-slash-pitching um, strategy where um, you, for example, if you're, you have a Kickstarter, that's going to be a short-term type of an engagement. And you just want to get as many eyes on your page on the Kickstarter, and that's all. And so there, it's you know, you, you figure your, your conversion might be like in single digits there or something like that. So you, you want to like figure how much traffic you, you get to the page. And from there, it's, you know, actually reaching out to people who have recently covered a similar Kickstarter campaign and striking up a conversation or relationship with them um, around the topic of your Kickstarter. And you would end up getting that conversation rolling with these public journalists. And at the end, your, your job is to just close them and get, um, you know, like a fun story about whatever that Kickstarter campaign is. It's a short-lived, short-term type of PR engagement, uh, very similar to app downloads type of deal where, you know, you're, you're launching some type of app and you need that initial kind of base of customers, um, but people who are like serious about using PR for a longer-term strategy, I would say marrying content with it um, ends up um, improving your pitches. So uh, we have four thousand seven hundred twelve. Uh, customers, paying customers that use Just Reach Out to send out email pitches to journalists every single day. They they log in, they send these pitches up. And our algorithm catches these these pitches a lot of times based on the logic we've written, basically looking at are you putting in a description of what you do into your pitch? Is it your description, is it just your description? So 99% of pitches start out this way. Hey Bob, uh, love your writing. Um, we actually are doing this. We have a great new app that uh, you know, gets rid of all distractions on your site. Uh, here's how it looks. Here's how it works. There's all this like three paragraphs of stuff, and then it's like sign-off. And so there's almost nothing about Bob, and most of the time, like our app will tell people, like, hey, did you read this out loud to yourself? And would you say this out loud to Bob if you met him at a conference? And most people click, no, <laughs> like I can see in the user interface, people are like, uh, I would not say this out loud, but I will email it. Like, why would you email it to them? Like, it's so awkward that like Bob doesn't know you. Why would you start up a conversation with them? You know, like a relationship. So like, look at what Bob has written in the last three articles and then start up a conversation about these three articles and see how they're related to what you're pitching and maybe there's some type of an overlap. I like to use Quora a lot to start conversations. So I will answer a question that's very similar to whatever that article that was that Bob has written. Bob is a journalist. And then I would say to Bob, hey, I just answered a question on Quora and I referenced your article. And hey, you know, it looks like this I didn't do it justice. Would you, you know, mind taking a look? Maybe you could do a better job at answering this question. And so Bob would feel like Oh wow! He's bringing me some value. This guy's promoting me. He's really, you know, like friendly and and he's giving me something up front. He's not asking me to kind of cover right away. Um, so this relationship kind of um, strategy really, on um, at, at scale, you know, you could start reaching out, building these relationships. Um, at the end, I would say the story needs to be more than just a description of what you do, but you know, the impact that you're leaving and how that impact relates to the last three stories that journalist has written. So you essentially want to continue that journalist beat as they're writing the stories. You don't want them to dramatically shift gears and write about something really different. And yet your story needs to be somewhat, you know, like unique so that it's not exactly the same that uh, the last three stories that that journalist has written about. And so I... I always say, always read the last three stories. And that's what I, that's how our engine finds journalists for you. It reads the stories that people write about, finds the most relevant ones, says, all right, well, here's Bob Smith. They've written about Bitcoin, the last three stories. Looks like you got a Bitcoin app that you're launching. Great. You know, you guys should connect around that. And then that's where you kind of look at those stories. You're like, all right, he's written about Ico um, I'm not doing an Ico but I'm also you know I I have Bitcoin course maybe there's some kind of commonality some kind of topic we have an interest in common which we can discuss and that's where a lot of the like relationship that's how like human to human like that's how people start conversations and parties and conferences like you've written about something I know something it overlaps it's very rarely is it like, Hey, can you cover us right away? It's kind of like a little bit of a relationship building type of a strategy, so I always say if you're if you're not just pitching a Kickstarter and you want to get coverage right away and forget about p r for years and years and years, but actually want to use p r to gain more exposure month over month, start with this type of outreach where you start at conversation building relationship and you might get you know that that story in a month or maybe in three weeks or two weeks but you know don't start off with the pitch of the hey here's the description of what we do can you cover us and yeah go for quality versus quantity Um, that's been my approach at least when it comes to like approaching journalists and and press and pr and also just just actually thinking about the future of that relationship what's going to happen in the next month or two how many articles is this a journalist going to write about you how are you going to help them kind of thing
0: right. so once you're starting to build those relationships with journalists and you know you're starting to use like a tool like JustReachOut.io, or you can do it manually yourself and, and start reaching out and and developing relationships with people, how do you get the insane growth like that you seem to replicate when you work at startups? Like, like, how does that work, man?
1: Yeah. So I guess it really depends on what that product is and how you're using PR and SEO to really, you know, get exposure and publicity. I've tried out, I usually just experiment with tons and tons of different tactics and see what actually is going to give me the most, the biggest boost. So, you know, in the case of Crossloop, Crossloop was a tech support marketplace where you could find a helper to help you with a problem on your computer. And they take over remotely with their software and they fix a virus or whatever it may be on your computer. And so we, use pr and content and and try to pitch the story of what we're doing all these things and we got enough people you know to use it but we went from zero to five million customers uh, in a matter of like three years or so and that was primarily through the screen sharing product so what i found is that pitching the story of hey this is what we do come find uh, you know a helper and this is the stories of our customers. It was just too shallow of a story. Like it wasn't making waves. It it, it gave us some customers. It was great, but the story of here's a free tool to use to screen share with anybody anywhere in the world. And here are all the different use cases for it. There's you can learn how to do math with someone. You can you know you can collaborate on writing or designing or engineering or whatever it may be. Um, So um, that story seemed to catch on more. And so we started doing, we started guest writing for publications, but also coming up with different angles around what people do with screen sharing. And this was still somewhat early on. A lot of these services weren't around and we had this free service. And that's where it it was just powerful to use that story to, um, to just come up with different possibilities and offshoots off of screen sharing and figuring out, you know, can we guess write about it? Can we uh, build relationships with publications and show them, you know, like when McCain was running and we were like, we did this big promotion on like, here is how to use a computer and here's how people would teach uh, John McCain how to use a computer because there was like all this press that was coming out and he was not. Um, you know, like he's not computer savvy. And that really helped. um we just grasped that screen, screen sharing product and just started creating different stories around it because screen sharing was still somewhat of a new practice back then. I think in and the, then so we grew, and eventually this thing was acquired. The case with Polar was completely, you know by surprise for me, i tried all sorts of different polar was a polling company like it was an app on an iphone that you can create polls on and that's all it was it was like two images you put two images you know starbucks or dunkin donuts and that's it and then you share it with your buddies and then they answer and that was it and i was really struggling because i could not figure out how to consistently grow it i mean we did all the usual things like ads we did the launch like we did like, you know, we got thousands of people coming in, but it was not consistently exploding and growing. And that's where I said, well, what is the news right now? What's the hottest news today? And I would go on, on whichever publication that's publishing those. I would, I would actually troll TechMeme, uh, TechMeme.com. And it would be the hottest tech news out there. And I would essentially create polls on these topics. And I would promote them and I would try and get some data around it. So when Xbox was coming out 360 versus you know, PS4, I did a poll on all the games, all the consoles, all the different parts and all the, all the different details of each console. And then I would reach out to press and say, hey, I have this new poll on um, Xbox versus uh, PS4. Uh, would you be interested in using this data? And so, data is actually what I found out uh, is really, really great in terms of um, using as a source or as a way to to get PR and get responses from journalists. And and we just we just embrace that strategy of hey, we're going to create polls on everything. So when the mayor of Toronto was smoking crack we had like this crazy poll in San Francisco Chronicle on the home page that increased their time on site by a lot but also gave us a lot of page views um, when you know like iOS 7 was coming out with an icon by icon comparison with iOS 6, iOS 6 and so we would come up with polls polls on everything that was coming up in the news like right now in US there's all this like legislation around taxes like we if we were still around we'd probably be doing polls on that whatever is hot and having people poll on it um is the nature of the product we changed it we scrapped the app we actually created just only a web interface and we just went solely on uh, all, against all the news and all the news publications with it um but i i mean i always like have used whatever I'm working with to try and figure out how does it connect to journalists or bloggers and the publications and how does it improve their storytelling or whatever they're doing day to day and so I was always and you know like even now when people are trying to pitch journalists and influencers or bloggers they're like Dimitri like how do i actually like get going and and start uh conversations with these people i'm like well just a like look at what they're writing b look at their press opportunities like their journalists every day put out thousands of opportunities that they need to cover like they need an expert to talk to we aggregate them but there's one there's a free one called helper And there's one other one called Source Bottle, which is, I think, is and there's many, many, Radio Guest List is another one. We um, aggregate a lot of them in Just Reach Out, but it's very easy for you to just look at the publications that they're writing for and say, well, here's Megan Smith. She needs an entrepreneur who is in Bitcoin, and they need it by, you know, Friday, and they need to quote somebody in the article, so... Um, a, lot of, a lot of those publications issue, the, like those actual journalists issue those, um, you know, um, those uh, re- re- queries to try and get people to quote, quote people in their articles. So it's the lowest hanging fruit people can can, can go after when they're trying to pitch journalists. Uh, but in terms of like strategic explosive growth, it always kind of starts with lots of different experiments. So I experiment with Quora. Like I start looking at Quora answering questions and trying to get them republished as articles because Quora questions get republished as real articles on Newsweek, on Forbes, on Huffington Post. And I work with people who do that. I work with like, you know, people. this guy Josh or these other people who arrange that to be republished. So I'll try that and I'm like, all right, is that gaining a lot of traction? Which ones are these that might not or that might, or I might use another tactic and I say, all right, I'm going to interview journalists or influencers in my space and try and get those influencers to promote that piece of content. And is that giving me the most traction? Or I might start doing guest writing or I might start, I might just try different tactics to try and see what's going to give me the most out of my PR effort. Um, Lately, it's been this SEO approach that I talked about earlier where I'm writing one piece of content on my blog and I'm actually doing a lot of guest posting and try and get to to get that piece of content on my blog to rank number one for my key term. And it's called the skyscraper technique. Brian Dean uh, kind of popularized it. And Brian Dean is actually here in New York now. So we've been hanging out a lot with him. Uh, We're good friends, but... Yeah, the that approach has really worked well for me, marrying PR and SEO. But for some other people that are listening to this, they might, you know, it might be too long or too much effort to really write content and try and get do a bunch of guest writing to link it up. They might need to just pitch journalists straight up, and um, that's where I would use whatever that product is, whatever like your expertise are. Sure, like marrying that with the journalist beat and whatever they need and crave, ninety-nine um, percent of stories I find really successful are somewhat around the data or the the journey of the entrepreneur or something around that versus just the description of what you do. But you know, there's so many different hacks like I can talk about with just using data, you know, like we had a company that uses um, just a polling service and they come out with a new poll every week and they run the data and then they'll pitch it and that poll and their data would get included in different publications. Um, and other of, out of, out of companies, for example, we have another company that just uses Quora. Like we had a company that answered a question on Quora and got a million views um and they've been republishing those answers to actual articles um and pushing more and more traffic towards it um yesware was a, a, a client a client we, we talked with them for a long time uh before they started doing this but their first thousand or two thousand customers all came from one article on forbes they just saw one article that was published around them do really really well and that article they just pushed more traffic towards it with ads and things another thing that i like to do is if you you're just lazy or you don't have time or effort like you just don't have time to write just look up who's ranking for your key terms and then what you can do is you just reach out to those people and say hey Hey, buddy, like you have a blog, you're ranking for my term. uh, Why don't we strike up a deal? Like you 301 redirect that piece of content to my blog. Traffic starts tomorrow. I pay you 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month. um, And I basically license that content for, say, three weeks or maybe three months or maybe five months. And let's see how it does, you know. So basically, yeah. So you can just go directly to the source and be like, Dude just give me your content for three months <laughs> and, and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to write anything. You don't have to backlink it to anything. So you just like do that. And, and, and that works sometimes for people. Um, um, I've done it pretty well. Like it's, it's done well for me in the past, but yeah. So it's, it's kind of depends, I guess on, the, on the team you have in place on the time you have um, also kind of, what you're doing in terms of long term versus short term, I'd say. Um, everybody's got like a different story, a little bit of a different story, but yeah, I can talk about examples all day long. I have so many of them. It's like we have over 4,000 people, and I try and get involved with a lot of them. Just, you know, they're emailing. I got 100, over 100 people email me every day, usually. It's, I'm pitching this, and this is way. like, this is what we're doing, kind of thing
0: crazy mm, yeah no nah, man like, it's really interesting it's really inspiring for me because to be honest we've never had much luck personally with founder and pr man um yeah and that's a whole nother story uh, but yeah we've never had much luck but that's really inspiring to hear dude so look we have to work towards wrapping up um i'm curious what's uh with just reach out right now because that's your sas product that's that's like your biggest focus what's your biggest um struggle right now to grow it Besides, you're not using PR churn. I think churn is
1: the biggest issue uh, for me. Uh, PR in general, in PR, I think churn is really high in in the space in this industry. Uh, People give up. They don't have time. uh, They don't think they need to do PR. Or uh, people leave for all sorts of different reasons. Um, But I, I'm always struggling to provide a service that you know. Keeps people on for years and years and years, and so yeah, we've been addressing it pretty actively this year. Uh, we, we like tripled our revenue since last year, and it's been a crazy growth. But at the same time, I want it to be a very you know like low turn rate. I'm shooting for like five percent, <laughs> and so month um, on month, yeah, yeah. And so we're trying to get to that point and. It's it's tough because so now we offer PR service as a do it for you white glove service where instead of you just using our software pitch journalists you're we're doing it for you so we take over your account and do it for you that seems to you know keep people on longer much longer uh, but we're also intercepting them with like intercom messages at the biggest pain points inside the app when we detect it and we're it just sending them a note saying, hey, you know, I see that you're having an issue with you are taking too long to write an email pitch or I see that, you know, most of your emails have not been opened uh, or the, the the scrollability. It only took 10 seconds of most of the pitches for journalists to look through it. That's too low. Uh, we want it to be 15 or 20. Here are some suggestions on how to improve your pitch. We're trying to do all sorts of different you know, notifications that are similar to this kind of stuff. So like, people are improving their pitches as they're sending them out because it's very discouraging for people to start this process of sending emails to journalists and then not not receive responses right away and then not know what to do. So we're always on it with, all right, you sent out four emails. We can track all it. We track everything. We track on whether it was open, whether it was viewed, how long it was viewed, even the scrollability on that email. How long were they scrolling over specific parts of that email? And we report everything back to our customer, and we say, well, looks like you know, you got to improve your subject line because your open rate is too low. Or if your open rate is good, then, hey, you got to improve the actual pitch. Like the read time you know, is really, really um, low on it. And so we're always like teaching our customers on how, like, we're giving them live feedback as they're sending those pitch- pitches out. where, are like, what to improve, and so they're they're learning. Um, so that's that's what's helping, I think, a lot with the churn rate. But yeah, and you know, like, I'm I'm running this thing on my own. We have 4,712 people that use it. We have over a hundred people that do our PR white glove service. Now we just launched it a few months ago, Um, so it's it's just it's just wild. Like I still can't believe that like (laughs) I'm running this. It's all remote, like nomadic kind of like (laughs) 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 lifestyle, and it's just kind of like which is crazy for me to think that uh, that many people are using the software to send out pitches. Um, Yeah, so a lot of my Days like <laughs> I try and keep focused, and it's just putting out fires most of the time. It's like, uh, like, we got hacked, or some person at CNN got 17 pitches from somebody who's pitching some stupid TAFSA <laughs> software. Like, I'm like, kind of just like, <laughs> we have a guy, we have a monk, in, my monk, a monk in Tibet is pitching <laughs> his bracelets to like press. To buy it or something. I don't know. Like he's pitching the story of building like sewing his stuff, like these bracelets, putting them together. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You're a monk. Like what? And he's like, Yeah, I'm using the proceeds to like for my monastery or something. I'm like, I don't know, I don't believe you. But (laughs) like all sorts of crazy people out there pitching a lot of random stuff. So you wanna like keep like tabs on everyone. So yeah, besides churn rate it's it's just like quality of those pitches and that keeps me up at night. I'm like, because so everything's coming out from my servers. So it's like people start marking that stuff as spam. It's like my ass on the line.
0: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. No, that's what you have to be careful of. But look, man, um, we have to work towards wrapping up. Um, my last question is where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and your work?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, criminallyprolific.com, which is my site, um, and that's my blog, and that's where you can see links to all the just reach out and PR the converts and all the things I'm involved in. But, yeah, criminallyprolific.com, that's that's the, the site to visit.
0: Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Dimitri, and the PR Masterclass. It was awesome, man, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon, dude.
1: Cool. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Reel